Coming up, today's guest helped grow Job Today to over 5 million job seekers without a web presence. You'll discover how their two controversial features actually led to their growth, how they decrease their CPIs in half by converting static images into a video ad, and lastly, how to actually measure the performance of your retargeting campaigns. All that and so much more. The most action-packed content from the top mobile experts. This is the App Masters Podcast with Steve P. Young. From Apple features to ASO to influencer marketing, you will learn all the tools and tactics to make it in the app space. Learn more at appmastersacademy.com. From marketing analytics to omni-channel campaigns to marketing automation, CleverTap is the all-in-one solution to help you retain your users for life. Learn more at clevertap.com. What is up, App Nation? It is Steve P. Young, founder of AppMasters.com, the place you go when you want action-packed content related to the app business. Because I talked to some phenomenal guests, and today I've got an amazing, amazing guest who's grown their platform, their job platform, to over 5 million job seekers with just an app presence. So no web presence until a few months ago, but just the app presence. And I want to talk all about how he's been able to do that. So without further ado, let me introduce the guest. His name is Todor Majorov. He is the head of marketing at Job Today. Go check out the app by searching Job Today or go to jobtoday.com. Todor, welcome to the show. Thanks, Steve. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here, uh, and it, it's great speaking with you. Todor, are, have you gotten any type of like name recognition because of Game of Thrones and Hodor? Because every time I say Todor, that's all I kept thinking of Hodor. <laughs> I just want to say that too. F- f- funny you mentioned, but yeah, people uh, yeah, imply the the. the- the, the very cl- closeness of with, with Hodor, of course. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's my Christmas shirt. I try to have like a Christmas themed shirt for every Christmas, and that's I have a Hodor shirt. <laughs> Ho Ho Hodor is my shirt for this year. So it's very right, timely. Sounds for good. Me. <laughs> well, let's talk about job today. Like you, you and I talked about this, and I'm amazed because one of the first questions was like, "Hey, like, are people really looking for jobs?" on the on an app because i find it so hard to do certain things on the app sometimes that i normally like to do email online because then i can type a lot faster so i want to talk to you about that like you guys have been able to grow some tremendous tremendous numbers by just being an app only company yeah that's true um it it's been um really incredible growth we've seen uh on on our mobile apps as you said in the beginning up until june this year we didn't have a, a web product a desktop product if you wanted to find the job via job today you had to go and get our native apps for for ios and android one thing that our founders Eugene and Polina made a bet a few years ago, three years ago to be precise, when we were starting, is that people, especially in the blue-collar uh, industries, like people working in hospitality, for example, they are very active. Uh, they go about their daily jobs. They change jobs very often as well in in metropolitan hubs like London, for example, in Madrid and Barcelona. Um, people can change jobs very often, and they look for jobs while they are in their current job 
they look for jobs when they're on the bus or when they're just out and about. Um, they made this bet and it's proven successful because we've seen incredible growth on, on, on mobile. The, we've managed also, I think, to capture that market uh, by making sure that the application process, the experience on our app is much more like it's much less, uh, it, it, has, it has much less friction compared to old school existing job boards. You are much more um, uh, able to apply quickly uh, with a few taps on the go, uh, scroll to jobs. You don't have to like upload a very uh, heavy and, and ugly looking word file, CV or something like that. You can do it all in depth. We've literally unlocked another dimension uh, in, in the job search space. Uh, I think that's why we've been successful. Yeah, I know you guys tout the whole chat with employers option too. And so talk to me about some of the features. Like I'm assuming that you guys said, Hey, let's figure out these categories, hospitality, more of the blue collar things that you talked about where there, these are the people that we're going to first like go after. Did you guys make that decision? Like, Hey, these are the early categories we really want to be good at. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, okay. we, we, we've made a decision. I think a, a few of the, we, we've taken some very controversial decisions early on uh, in our product development thinking and, and strategy. They These were decisions that anybody outside of jobs today, especially people with experience in the industry, was telling us this will never work. It's impossible. And I'll give you an example of, of, of some of the decisions. So one of the things that you mentioned is, is the chat. So Outside, I think of LinkedIn is allowing you to do something like that, but it's in a very, very different kind of industry. Um, no other job search product allows you to actually contact the hiring manager, the person who posted the job. No other job board allows you to directly contact that person and kind of speak with them. Um, and everybody was telling us this is this is impossible. You're just gonna annoy the hiring managers because they're gonna get just bombarded with chats and people pinging them, and they're just gonna leave you. That that hasn't happened actually. It's uh, proven to be one of our main features and the most engaging part of our app that people want to have conversations with real people on the other side. The actual application on Job Today is technically just opening a chat to the hiring manager. Um, so that was a very big bet we made and it paid off like massively. The one other similar thing that is slightly or was very controversial in, in the beginning was we've tried to, we, we thought that one of the biggest, um, like the most annoying things in your job search um, kind of journey is the fact that people apply for jobs and then they don't hear back ever. They wait weeks um, and they don't even get a no. And we thought that was super annoying. We spoke to some of our users and they confirmed, yeah, this is super annoying. So what we decided to do is A, provide them some feedback and B, try to speed up the process by forcing the employers, the people who post the jobs, to get back to the applicants within 24 hours. So as an employer, when someone applies for your job, there is an automatic 24-hour counter which starts to count down and you only have 24 hours to get back to that person and tell them, hey, I like you, let's meet up for an interview or, or not. If you don't get to that person in 24 hours, you basically lose access to that person. You don't have that application anymore. Got and it. this is something that everybody was telling us, this is crazy, you can't do that. But we did it and it kind of worked really well because job seekers are getting the feedback. They know if they don't hear back in 24 hours, they can just go on in their life and, and apply for other jobs. And if they hear back, it's a, it's a good, valuable connection for them. So uh, it's a very rewarding experience. 
since they were so controversial, these features, what made you guys decided to to actually build it and be like, no, we're we're saying these are going to be the features that we're going to have in the app and people are going to love in the app? Um, I think it was just um, one of one of those things that our again, I, I can't take credit for that because I wasn't here from day one, um, but I always admire our co-founders for the vision they had. So one of our co-founders, Paulina, had spent the years before founding Job Today in 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 this industry, right? She was managing um, um, a, a kind of a big chain of petrol stations uh, around Luxembourg, and she had this problem every day: people calling in sick. Can't, can't get to work. And she was missing a product that would allow her to hire a person today to reach out to local candidates who are available right now, who are qualified and who can come to work today or tomorrow or very shortly. There wasn't a product like this in 2015 uh, on the market. And then we sat down and then we thought, okay, what are some, some decisions we can take to make sure that a P, we provide urgency, we not provide, but what's the right word? We encourage urgency uh, and we allow both sides of, of the marketplace, the job seekers and the employers to, to make a quick decision and to make the transaction happen as quickly as possible. An example of that is one of the success, success metrics we look is classic job boards would look at how many applicants people get over 10 days or, or two weeks. For us, all it matters is how many applicants we deliver to an employee within 24 hours, right? Um, everything after 24 hours doesn't matter that much for us. We really built everything around the speed, around immediacy, around allowing you to hire someone today and vice versa uh, around allowing you as a job seeker, job seeker to find a job today. So everything, every decision that you've taken, even though it might have been controversial, is just a decision that was built with that strategy and that focus in, in mind. I love it. And it kind of reminds me too, Todor, is the... I've had this revelation recently where it's like, what is the opposite? What's true, right? Like we're so used to doing things one way and we're like, we never thought about the other way. And if you think about Snapchat and kind of why it took off, it took the opposite view. Like instead of Instagram and Facebook and having very glorious pictures of yourself and like really self-branding, they was like, what if everything just disappeared? And so you could post anything you freaking wanted and things just disappeared. Now they've obviously made some <laughs> modifications, but like, you know, it does talk about like, okay, well, this is the way people have done it. But what if this other way was true too. And kind of is a good lesson yeah. in life. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, it's it's actually um, uh, one of the, the, the things I'm mostly happy about uh, for, for working here at Job Today is that the majority of the people here question every little thing yeah. that normal people outside of Job Today perceive as a given. So we don't follow best practices. We question everything. We, we, we take a very critical approach to implementing any any new feature or product. It might be that every other website outside our app is doing it in a way. We're not going to just take it and introduce it to Job Today if it does make sense to, to, to us. Is there a recent so, example that you've been a part of since you said, hey, those were the early days with the chat and the 24-hour thing? Is there a recent one that feature that you were a part of? Mm -hmm. um, so I think most of the time it's it's kind of uh, even even daily decision. To be fair, over the top of my head, I can't share like a big one right now. Um, can't think of anyone or like, anything interesting right now. To be honest, um, okay. let me let me have a think. If I, if I if I think of something, I'll let you know a bit later. Sure. Well, the th next thing I want to move on to is I've been a part of many marketplaces. It's like 
you know, supply, demand. So when you're attacking, well, I shouldn't use such violent terms, but when you're targeting and trying to grow in a brand new area, what do you guys try to go after first? Is it the the supply side and the people who have the jobs to offer or is it the job seekers themselves? So, yeah, look, that, that actually is a question that helps me a little bit uh, think of an answer to your previous question as well. So, it's we, we've done it both ways, right? So in the early days of Job Today, we're also lucky enough to to have some very good media partners in Spain, uh, for example. Um, and we were we were running on TV um, as well, and all of our um, marketing was based around the, the job seekers. Um, so we had this belief and hypothesis that if we create the best marketing for job seekers and the best experience for them, the employers will naturally follow. One of the reasons why we thought that is because for us, the employers are very similar to the job seekers. Again, they're very young, um, they're very independent, um, and they use the same products and consume the same media as our as our job seekers. They're not some corporate big clients um, such as might be the case with with other job boards. Um, now, the one different path we've taken recently, um, and when I say recently, I mean um, probably about a year ago with our um, offline marketing in the UK, is uh, when we were doing a little bit of TV in the UK and a little bit of out-of-home marketing, um, every other marketing specialist and marketing team uh, in the industry that, that we've spoken to is tell, was telling us, um, ATL above the line classic marketing does not work in a B2B context, right? ATL and TV is mostly for B2C, uh, B2C targeting. Well, we said, you know what? We think that we can make it work. And very boldly, we, we've developed creatives both for TV, for, for TV and for, for out of home advertising that were targeting businesses. And we've actually seen tremendous growth from that. And not only that, but because we did some very rigorous testing on our messaging before that, we made sure that we also grew very significantly on the job seeker side while attracting all the small businesses that, that we were targeting with that messaging. So that, that, that hopefully answers your question. I love it. Yeah, that, that completely does. When you're doing TV, you know, you're not the only person that I've talked to. I've got clients who do TV and they're, we're actually seeing some really good results from that. They're not B2B, but it's like, wow, I didn't, I didn't think TV would work these days. But what are you so, using to get, yeah, on yeah. TV? How's that working? It's a uh, look. It's it's an area that um, it, it's tough. Um, it, it's worked for us better in in some cases in some regions than than in other. We've seen great success with TV, and it's one of the main reasons we, we grew so quickly, especially in, in the first year. Um, but also we've we failed to make it work. And for example, in the UK, we saw much worse results than than in Spain. Now, overall, though, it's worked well for us because we've taken a very cynical approach to TV. We've treated it almost like digital marketing. Um, there is many technologies nowadays. I'm not going to like name specific tools, uh, but there is many tools out there. Anyone can just go in and browse that allow you to track uh, the TV adverts and spots in, in real time. Some use like a, an audio signature of the TV adverts. Some use like video, video signatures. But effectively, you get a real-time dashboard from a software which watches all the hundreds of programs in the UK and knows in real time down to the second when your spot goes live on, on, on any given channel. Then all this connects to uh, to our um, 
attribution platforms for the apps and, and to our kind of analytics tools uh, on, on the website. And we can attribute a spike in installs and traffic to a specific uh, TV channel or to a specific TV spot. Now, there is a bit of a catch here. What this allows us to do is to actually optimize our media. So we know which time of the day, which day of the week, which channel, which program, which creative of ours gives us the best results. It doesn't necessarily give us the overall cost per acquisition or anything like that, but it allows us to very scientifically optimize and squeeze out everything that we can from our TV media, basically get the, what, what, what's, is there an expression like the, the best uh, bank for our books, something mm -hmm. like that. So this is how we approach TV very, very cynically. Uh, and I think that actually allowed us to, uh, to make the most out of it. Of course, we are also, um, we believe that we've done a great job with, with our creative. Now we, we had some some um, some great leadership again in, from in-house to allow us to to do the creative that speaks to young people. And I think this is key. Many times, what I see what I see these days is that even young companies and startups um, who that they want to do TV, they go to established TV creative agencies, and these agencies have some very experienced and good people who've been doing TV adverts for many, many, many years, but I don't think that they know the young people of today and how the young people consume media, how they speak. So it's very important. It's key to find a partner on the creative side who can build a creative that speaks and uh, and, and kind of applies to, to your audience. So these are the two, I think, um, pillars that enable us, like the tracking and optimization technology that we have, plus the great creative to allow us to, to make the most out of TV. Of the learnings that you got from TV, were you able to apply those same topic tactics, whether it's like, you know, the time, the day onto the digital marketing side with Facebook and Instagram and Snapchat? Um, not really, Steve. I think, okay. um, uh, and reason being is on, on the digital, on the, on the purely performance marketing side, we rely much more on automation there and Google and Facebook are so good at, at AI and machine learning that I am, I come from a performance marketing background. I've been doing digital marketing for 10 years. I started out as, as running AdWords campaigns 10 years ago in, in London, everything where granular are spending hours every day in Excel and in AdWords and doing like keyword research and like adding these hundreds and thousands and millions of keywords and ad copy. It was so complicated. I've seen the transition from having to do that and then also back at that time to optimize which hours of the day you use to, to, to get the best performance. I've seen the transition from that time into nowadays where um, everything is much more easy and you can just let the machines do the work for you. I think many digital marketeers are probably a little bit scared and skeptical to let go of old habits because they also feel that they can contribute more. But actually, I've learned to embrace that Google and Facebook specifically, maybe the, the two best examples, they now have the tools that allow you to save a lot of time and get better results for, for your budget than you can actually do if you spent hours trying to do it yourself. So for that reason, I think we haven't relied so much on the learning from TV on digital. I see. Of the digital avenues and channels that you're using, which one's the most effective and what have you, you know, what are some tips that you can provide for that particular channel? Mm. Um, I think um, 
it depends on on what you need. I mean, what types of users you need. We have been using um, all of the the obvious uh, app uh, uh, platforms and channels. So we've been using Snapchat, um, and we've been getting great results uh, with Snapchat in the UK for the job seeker side, right? Um, we've had multiple interviews with job seekers and user panels, and we see that they use Snapchat, they consume Snapchat, and we've gone out. We had to learn how to do creatives differently for Snapchat. But once you master that, you can get great results. Um, we also, of course, get great results with um, Google and Facebook. Facebook in particular has surprised me with how Great, they are at allowing allowing us to acquire small and medium sized business owners, the hiring managers. Oh, wow. They are matching uh, algorithms and look alike modeling is is in, is incredible. Again, if you get your creative uh, right, and we only use videos. Um, a, a good tip from my side: literally forget everything else and just use videos on Facebook. But if you get your creatives right, and you have enough data in terms of size of audience to give Facebook to, to build a lookalike on, you don't need to do anything else. It just works for us amazingly for mobile. Google on the other side are great on, on desktop acquisition with their paid search um, and also their universal campaigns work well for job seekers. So again, it depends on, on what types of users you have to test all these, uh, these channels um, to see what works for you. I've had negative experience um, and again, I'm not sure I'll make any friends saying this uh, in, in outside an industry, but I've had bad experience with any like third-party mobile advertising networks. Um, again, no no kind of names mentioned here, but we've tested I don't know several dozen, uh, more than dozen um, third-party like up and down networks, um, and uh, in literally every single case, we've detected fraud um and it was a lesson that we learned last year and uh to be honest we've decided not to do any app marketing outside of the the, the main players like the googles and the facebooks and the snapchats of this world we've decided to like not do that because um it was just taking too much time uh, from from our plate to make sure we're actually getting the results we were told we were getting. Um, and it's actually since we stopped doing that, things have been rosy for us. So I don't regret that decision. I like it. Have you, you know, you said you video and I'm kind of going through your, your ads right now, kind of looking through all the videos. That's why the little sound count came, came up, but are you guys seeing better? And I've seen this with some clients too. Are you seeing better results with video versus banners? Cause I see some banners being run as well. Um, I think the banners might be um, just a, a recent test where we're testing for the first time uh, this month. Um, uh, what is it called? Like a product catalog on Facebook. So effectively just taking our like t- tens of thousands of jobs um, and, and creating dynamic heights ba- based on that. Um, I'm not sure what you're looking at, to be honest. I need to check. Yeah, um, well, I can hear uh, you. Yeah. And I yeah, like this poll yeah. that you guys started too. It's like, how would you celebrate finding a job in 24 hours? Go out dancing, invite your friends. This poll ends in five days. So it looks like that's right, a, sure. something that you're doing. Maybe just to your followers. Fair enough. Uh, I'll have a look, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but no, generally, um, we've seen so any big acquisition campaign we run out there for app acquisition. Um, 
is 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 uh is video like we even i remember it was maybe about 14 16 months ago um we were testing like carousel arts and like uh, image arts um, and they weren't working uh very well compared to the videos and what we've done there is we've literally taken the six to eight like carousel images that we have for the carousel arts and just use the shitty online converter into into a GIF file. We just literally converted the six images, the six frames into a GIF and run that as a as a video advert. And it gave us, I think, 2x improvement on, on CPA just by doing that, not even changing like targeting or or like the, su- the supporting text to the advert, nothing else. We literally converted the images into a GIF and it halved our CPA. Wow. Um, so... I don't know if it's only us. And again, there's a catch here because I still to this day believe that we are not very good at our video creatives. We've struggled with that. We've worked with agencies. We've worked with in-house designers. We've worked with tools. We don't like our creatives very much, but whatever else we do is always worse. So we keep going back to videos effectively. (laughs) I love it. What about Snapchat? Like what's working well on Snapchat? Uh, Make it short. (laughs) Make it short. Uh, really, really like number one. So, a couple of things. A, you gotta trust their kind of algorithms as well a little bit more. Again, in the beginning, we made a mistake of trying to be too granular with targeting because you we were a little bit skeptical about Snapchat. Um, but once you un- unlock it and give them a little bit wider targeting to work with, performance generally improves after a few days, and, and then you get the best out of it. And and B you got to force yourself to use Snapchat to see what type of kind of content is in there um, and, and try to build your adverts to fit that content. Don't convert your Facebook adverts or even Instagram adverts into Snapchat and expect it to work. Um, literally, we've gone to using three to five second videos on Snapchat wow. and that works the best. I think if I'm not wrong, their limit is probably still at 10 seconds. Initially, when they were telling us our video's max length is 10 seconds, I was like, boy, this is a joke, right? How am I supposed to fit all my messaging in 10 seconds? Like, you give me something to work with here. And then eventually from being angry at them uh, for enforcing this, this limit, we went to like cutting our videos for three to five seconds. And that, that just works amazing for us. What the heck can you fit in that three to five seconds? What are you fitting in? <laughs> It's just, uh, so what, what we're doing is literally a short, well, the video, like literally three seconds of what we usually do is a very easy to recognize profession, like either take like a waiter with, with a uniform or something. So literally something that people can recognize and identify with. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a very short and strong message. We usually use something like get a job in 24 hours. Um, we've tried to be a bit more creative with asking things like, hate your boss, get a new one here. Um, we don't always do that. Um, but usually it's literally, it needs to be a video that is very easily understandable just from a few frames, what it is about, and then get a short message in there. And that's it. I love it. All right. Well, Todor, is there anything that I missed that you want to make sure that we cover? Um, let me just, uh, I, I had a couple of notes here uh, in preparation, actually. Well, one thing I, I wanted to talk about, actually, is um, retargeting. 
um, I feel very strongly about, about sharing some learnings we, we had from that. Um, I know that in in on, on digital, everybody's doing retargeting because it works better, right? Your CPA is, is, always, is always lower. Uh, when you draw the line, um, it, it looks amazing. And uh, again, going back to what examples of what everybody is doing that we kind of question a little bit. So we started questioning, okay, all these re-engagement re and retargeting ads that they have from Google and Facebook, they're probably working, but are they working as best as, as good as Google and Facebook's kind of attribution platforms are telling us? So what we've done is um, we've developed the capability on, on our BI side to always split our audience in a control group and a test group. And literally every every single registration that comes into job today randomly gets attributed to a group A or group B. Um, and then we have the capability to only run retargeting ads to obviously half of our users. And we've done that on Facebook and Google. Um, and we've stopped calculating conversions and CPAs for retargeting based on the actual numbers you get from the attribution system, but we only look at the uplift that test group had in terms of total conversions compared to the uh, potential uplift the control group had, um, and then calculate the CPA based only on the uplifted conversions. And um, I would encourage people out there who are spending significant amount of their marketing budgets on retargeting to actually go out and, and do the same thing. Always look at the uplift, try to create a task and control group and, and calculate your uplift because you'd be surprised how many times actually things are not as rosy as they might seem at first place. We're still running retargeting ads and in most cases they work, but it just gives you a different perspective on what they actually cost you and how much of your budget you should be spending on, on, on that activity. What have you what have you kind of figured out? Because I was actually moderating a roundtable where we talked just about growth through retargeting and you know retention. And one of the questions that we were talking about was like, how do you split up the budget between acquisition and retargeting? So in, in our case, what we've seen is that originally, if you only look at cost per conversion from your retargeting campaigns, it can be like 5x lower or even much lower. Like, for example, we look at cost per um, posting a job or cost per applying for a job, and it can be multiple x lower than our actual uh, acquisition numbers uh, when, when you look at new, new, new acquired users. But then when you only look at the uplift, the difference is not that high. Um, and in some cases, it's very close to acquiring a new user. So in our case, we had to really segment our users, especially on the employer side, in in different um, kind of job sectors, so hospitality, construction, marketing jobs, office jobs. And in some sectors, it actually didn't make sense for us to go and do retargeting because the cost per kind of new conversion from, from those campaigns were it was even worse than acquiring a new a new user. So that made us rethink how we do that. Again, in some cases, it's still worthwhile running, but it just gave us a very different perspective on the actual cost of, of those campaigns. I see. So when you said compare the two, have the control and the variable, you're saying when you do the variable, like put into the calculation that, yes, you're able to acquire this user through retargeting for a less amount, but you, you're not taking into account the initial cost of acquiring that user too. Yeah, exactly. Okay. That, that, that's the case too. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. What was the other thing on your notes? Anything else on your notes? Uh. Not really. No, cool. I mean, that, that makes sense. 
Totally. I love it. Cause I'm so glad sometimes I ask this question and like, Oh, I should have been more prepared or whatever. Like all these <laughs> negative thoughts go in my head about whether this question is valid or not. But you, you, because of answers like that, like I, I love asking that question because sometimes you get, no, I think we covered everything and you move on or you get this valuable content. Like you just provided for us as well. <laughs> yeah. Well, Tadar, yeah, before you. we hit the big finish, I do want to thank my sponsor, clevertap.com. They are the mobile marketing platform that's going to help you with some of that re-engagement because we talked a lot about, you know, bringing your users in, but how do we get them back into the app and what their favorite feature is. The one that I've been actually promoting a lot is this ghost push notification so that you can tell, clevertap will tell you if a user has actually unsubscribed or deleted your app from their phone because they're sending out these ghost notifications just to see if they're still using the app. And if it's been long enough, you can safely say that they've deleted the app from the phone. Then you can then follow up with either a retargeting campaign or an email campaign that says, hey, notice we haven't been using the app and kind of figure out where, where you lost them. What are some features that were lost upon them? And then really figure out how to fix that. And one client, one of their clients that use them, they decrease their D. De- I would say uninstall rate by 26 over 26%. Then you can find that case study on clevertap.com. So go check them out. It is clevertap.com. Let them know you heard it on this podcast. Once again, clevertap.com. Todor, this has been absolutely amazing, but let's go to the big finish. Give us one app. We definitely have to check out. (laughs) Um, I don't have anything extremely interesting, I guess, but the one that I spent a lot of time with recently is, uh, I, I hope this doesn't sound too trivial. It's literally the Google Home app. I've been incredibly uh, excited by setting up some like smart features at home and Google Homes and just control everything to the Google Home app. They've literally updated it recently. I love how the, the new design of it and all the things that you can do. Uh, connect it to multiple other apps and control everything from the Google Home app. It's actually amazing. Best feature is you can broadcast and scare your partners and girlfriends at home by broadcasting some weird messages from your phone when you're on the back on the on the back home. So go on and check it out. I love it. What's a lesson that took you the longest to learn? Um, Again, probably trivial. I think it's uh, a job today. It took me a lot of time to, to learn to um, to focus and let go of projects that uh, have potential but are a distraction of, of, of the current focus. It's very tempting to, to spread yourself very thin and, and try to do many things well. Um, but in most cases, what I've seen work for me and in retrospect, it's always been the case in my life is uh, you focus and concentrate on the one thing that matters, stay focused on, on the one thing that matters is probably going to bring you the best results nine out of 10 times. I love it. So the website is jobtoday.com. Go check out the apps just by searching for job today. They're going to be on your iOS and Google play store as well. And Todor, if the audience wants to follow up with you and connect with you personally, you want to send them anywhere else? Um, anybody can just uh, hook me up on on, on Twitter or, or even Facebook. I'll be happy to chat with anyone. Or LinkedIn, of course. Just there's not many Todor Majorovs out there, so I'm sure they'll find me. Um, yeah, hook me up with any questions and use Chief as well. Thanks a lot. It was uh, really interesting. I'm looking forward to uh, learning a little bit more about you guys as well in the, in the coming weeks. Awesome. Well, Todor's. All those social media pl- platforms, well, the LinkedIn one is going to be linked up on his name if you check out the show notes or click on his name in your favorite podcast app. Totor, thank you so much for coming on and doing this. It's been a pleasure, Steve. Thank you for having me. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you 
at the next chat. Thanks for listening to the App Masters podcast. For show notes and amazing app marketing content, check out appmasters.co.